Welcome to End Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Joe Jackson. And King Kong ain't got nothing on him. We're looking at Training Day. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. How you doing, Amy Joe? You know, Jeff. Pretty well. How you doing? I'm doing good. That line, because that line, uh, King Kong ain't got no, shit on no, me, yeah. uh, is all of the trailers. It's, it's, like, oh, it's always like what I think of. And I feel like a lot of people think of when they think of this film, because it is such an iconic moment in mm. Denzel, Denzel's career. Because <laughs> I've not watched that Godzilla versus Kong. Now, I, I would like, I think I would watch that film if Denzel was actually fighting Kong. If, if that was alonzo versus kong sure it could be it could be as alonzo it could be denzel just as denzel at, 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 and denzel washington as himself in godzilla <laughs> or or just denzel versus kong godzilla denzel I, versus I, kong. would it be better <laughs> to put denzel into godzilla versus kong so now we've got i'm gonna go with a 200 foot tall denzel washington punching a monkey in the face yes or put king kong in training day replace ethan hawk denzel is is the one that's why he's saying king kong ain't got anything on me it's because he's talking to king kong i think you're gonna really around on his, on his rounds throw off the delicate power balance <laughs> that we're playing on this whole film if you do that if suddenly the the young rookie is a he's giant a, is a 300 gorilla. Foot tall gorilla yeah <laughs> you don't think you blend oh yeah, yeah you, you blend, blend. <laughs> uh great I, i'm glad you got to the bottom of that that it would be better to have denzel in now, should it be Godzilla versus Kong versus Denzel or just Denzel versus Kong? Well, those are two different movies, They sure Jeff. are. They sure are. I'd rather, well, let's be clear. Unless forced to by you because of this podcast, I'm never watching Godzilla versus Kong. However, If Denzel, if a 200 foot tall Denzel Washington was in that movie, you no, wouldn't watch but it. What I'm saying is if it's Denzel versus Kong, mm-hmm. now you got my attention. <laughs> now I'm interested. I want, I want him to just, just a movie that has Denzel suddenly 200 feet tall. And that's the premise. Why not? Just going about his business, playing himself. Uh, I think <laughs> I, I, w- I would give all the Oscars to. I've got, <laughs> I'm, I'm not in charge of the Oscars, but all the Oscars are going to. And it would just be called 200 foot tall Denzel Washington uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, is what is what I want is what I want. Uh, so this is, of course, our third week of Oscars month. We're breaking down this film training day because it, of course, got Denzel that second Oscar won that first one for glory a film that at least I watched in school. I, I don't know. If, we watched parts of it for sure. I feel but like for a lot of people our age, it's, yeah. it is. We only watched highlights. I don't think exactly. we watched the ending. I think I feel like we got like a 40 minute version and I was like, I think we glossed over. A I feel lot. like my teacher might've <laughs> recorded it off TV and we were getting like <laughs> the commercial edit. We were getting the TBS afternoon edit. That is, that is <laughs> such a great example of teaching in the nineties. Like high school in the nineties is very like, oh yeah, I taped this off. on my vhs i take this off tv that'll be the appropriate version to show these 14 year olds (laughs) won't it just uh trading day is a crime drama thriller that came out on october 5th 2001 oh it's an october movie that explains why it's so spooky spooky. (laughs) it it is scary i'm doing a lot better now that i'm on the other side of it but enduring this film was tough i mean that that last 20 minutes denzel does kind of become like a jason Voorhees, michael 
Myers sure. monolithic horror villain when yes. he's just like throwing Ethan Hawk through windows and beating him up. I'm like, this does feel like, and he's like barely, he, then he stops talking. He's got, he's so loquacious and has so many great lines throughout. And then he like, doesn't really speak. And he's just like a monster man pew, pew, pew. throwing Ethan Hawk all that's, over the that's place. That's punches, not oh, bullets. I, say, I thought that, well, I thought they were laser guns. Oh, that's well, why I'm used to I pew, didn't pew, see pew. him using any of those, but no, maybe that was the one of the ones he got disarmed Ooh. from using his <laughs> laser. Oh no, he got his laser gun taken away. Oh dear. Uh, oh dear. Uh, and it was directed by Antoine Fuqua and written by David Ayer. Amy Joe, what's your experience with Train and Die? None. This was the first the thing. Yes. Uh, and I had seen this, I think this was like a blockbuster rental, like right after it came out. I didn't mm. see it in theaters, but I think it was, which for so much of my life, I'm like, this film has got an Oscar buzz. I gotta see it. And that was like the, that was the drive. I was like, also, cause Denzel is Denzel. And I liked Ethan Hawke at that time. I was like, oh yeah, this is supposed to be good. The two of them. But I'm also, you know, oh, the film's got Oscar buzz. Got, gotta see that film. It's got I that Oscar know what buzz, the buzz bro. is about. I don't want to be left out of the loop. You're and very so uh, finger on the me. pulse <laughs> happening kind of guy, you know? Yes, that's how I was perceived in uh, my freshman year <laughs> of high school was me going around being like, yo, bro, you see, because this is how apparently I talked. Yo, bro, you see that training day? It's got that Oscar buzz, bro. It's and they were like, Oscar. whoa, that Jeff, he's got the finger on the pulse. Um, we did have... <laughs> in my high school at one point, not my freshman year, because there was enough time, because I went to a very small high school. We were only the second graduating class. It was like, no one was there. Mm -hmm. um, and of our class, uh, there was one point where we were all, for whatever reason, doing impressions of each, of each other. Sure, it uh, happens. And the impression of me was just someone just scrunching themselves up going, my name's Jeff and I like movies. <laughs> And I couldn't complain. I was like, this is a very accurate read on me. <laughs> I mean, I... what an argument for like, we are who we are. From the <laughs> I was like, I don't mind. That's great. My I... name's Jeff. No <laughs> shame with that. Mine would have been like, I'm Amy Jew and I can't talk like an American <laughs> because I like Shakespeare. That would probably be adjacent to... Oh, oh, yes. Well, you know, if you're doing Shakespeare, you've got to put on your fancy accent. No, I definitely, uh, for a while in high school, people would just, they wouldn't call me American Amy. It would be, the they would just address me, and there's an implied comma, as like, American Amy, because I couldn't seem to remember to not talk in RP. And that's So it was, just, a, it was a command. Yes, it was. One I did not Amy, obey. American. No one can tell me what to do. Yes, it was uh, Sam Eagle was really getting on your case about like, we are in America, so please stop talking with that accent. Please stop speaking with your pseudo-Britannia. <laughs> we don't need it here. <laughs> well, I do. I need it all the time. So I'm glad that you told them to... To, Buzz off. Yes. Well, I was trying to think of some British expressionism, and I the best, and I couldn't. Uh, uh, piss off. They're oh, perfect. There you go. Oh, piss off. Do you like my jowl acting there? Piss off. I, you, I, I hope love you it. can you, hear it through the cannot, microphone. Yes. You, hopefully, you can hear it because seeing it is quite delightful. Yes. It, I feel like a bulldog. I was well. I was gonna say it looks like a Winston Churchill impression, oh, which, which is isn't is referred to as the bulldog. So I, I think that was so. right on the money. British now, listeners, you'll let us know. Tuning into Trading Day episode, you didn't think we'd be talking about Winston Churchill. I bet. <laughs> But, uh, you didn't, you didn't, and that was wrong on your part, listener. <laughs> always if expect. you knew us, <laughs> always expect Winston Churchill to come into the conversation. Yes, our secret Winston Churchill pod where we work him into We were talking about episodes. Winston Churchill the other day, though, because we watched John Lithgow oh, do a yes. really bad we watched 
cliffhanger, yes. which you'd never seen. Speaking of doing an unnecessary fancy accent, which I'm pretty sure is not a British accent that he's doing, it's but it's definitely it is a fancy not. Accent. But I don't know what he's attempting to do. I don't know where he's. I think he's just to attempting from. to have some fun. Not I would cool. guess that he was yes. like, "Oh, this paycheck, sure." And then he got there and like, "I'm freezing. I'm doing a dumb script. I'm acting with Stallone." I'm just going to have a ball. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. Yes. And I think that that comes across. Um, but we were saying, oh, his accent got much better by the time he was like, maybe I should try. On Kill the one person. They call you a murderer. A murderer. Kill a million. They call you a conqueror. A conqueror. Go figure. It's the, it's the go figure. Murderer. Conqueror. It we're not like, exaggerating. It feels like someone who doesn't do accents trying to remember how yes. Alan Rickman sounds. <laughs> Honestly, that's. Many of the people that I train uh, are just like, oh, this is, and that's why they come to a dialect coach. But I wonder what John Lithgow did. Uh, it doesn't sound like he would to someone who told him John, how to make it better. write in to endalmoststarringatgmail.com and Lith- let us know, because we uh, we love that John Lithgow on this pod. Look, we're big fans, but it's very, like, uh, a str- it's always a strong choice. And it's not saying he's bad in Cliffhanger. Now we're just, now there's a John Lithgow podcast. Yes. Is, uh, yes. <laughs> oh, because he, play, he played Churchill in those first seasons of The Crown. I was exactly. like, that's why we were talking about him as Church- Churchill. Because his accent got better. Right, right, right. Yes. Although, you know, a much better villain performance in Ricochet with Denzel Watt. Washington, where he's a mad, it's a ridiculous performance, but at least he is like being matched with, he's up against Denzel, opposed to Stallone. You're up against a heavyweight actor, which is why we're talking about Training Day. Thank God I've looped it back around (laughs) to the film we're doing today. By we, I mean Jeff. So before I get us distracted again, (laughs) spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Training Day or haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. And look, these are real spoilers. And if you're like me and hadn't seen it, there's some suspense to be had. There if is. You pause All, but if right you're now. like Amy Joe and haven't seen it, it might help to know maybe the, spoilers the spoilers going in. So that you won't if you, if you're someone that gets very stressed, if you if you don't like stressful films, then you might like the spoilers. Yeah. And then you could just enjoy the film for some yeah. I think two great acting showcases, which I think, I think is like the highlight. I will enjoy it should we watch it again at some yeah. point. Perhaps more than the first time because I'll be able to just watch it and not be like, what's going to happen is who's going to get shot in the face at any point. Absolutely. Anyway. Um, So let's spoil this entire film. Rookie LAPD officer Jake Hoyt is assigned to Detective Alonzo Harris, a highly decorated narcotics officer for a one day evaluation. Driving around in Alonzo's Monte Carlo, they begin the day by catching some college kids buying drugs, including a baby Fran Kranz, who we oh, know right. from Cabin in the Woods mostly, uh, which I was and just we delighted. We saw him on Broadway. And, well, you saw him on, on the Broadway. Oh, and, and you can't take it with you with James Earl Jones. It's true, it's true. Uh, confiscating their drugs, Alonzo tells Jake to smoke the drugs. And when Jake refuses, Alonzo threatens him at gunpoint, stating that refusing like this while on the streets would get him killed. So Jake smokes the pipe, and then Alonzo tells him that it was laced with PCP. Uh, Yeah, just like, what a way to start. Yeah. But you know, like, and we'll get into it, but Denzel is just so charismatic throughout this entire film that everything he says, I'm just like... Guy makes a good point. I, get, I mean, like I don't if, in, in Ethan Hawke's situation. I, it's so it's hard. He's like, very it really, convincing because you're like, yeah. oh, okay, that was like a really awful way to do this to me. But actually, maybe you're trying to help me be better at my job. It's like they should make a remake of Gaslight starring Denzel because I feel like <laughs> honestly, or any any film like that where it's like if you yeah. have like just a charismatic guy where you're like, wait, am I going crazy? Because I feel like that this guy is lying to me. But when it's Denzel, he's got such wonderful conviction that I get and why Ethan Hawke is like. Time, you oh, know, yeah. so oh, that yeah. it just keeps the viewer and Jake like completely unsettled. Right. So now Ethan Hawke uh, is seeing everything through a, a green filter. H- high vision. 
Like, oh, I see. This is high vision right. goggles. I feel like whoever color corrected it was just like, oh, like, what is it? You're, you're like, it's like, it's like green. It's like, you know, smoking some green. So, um, uh, just make it all look Feeling green. Make it just sick. look like a make swamp. Kind of green. <laughs> Uh, after paying a visit to Roger, an ex-cop turned drug dealer, Jake notices a pair of addicts attempting to rape a teenage girl in an alley. Jake intervenes while Alonzo watches, and after the girl is saved and leaves, and Alonzo scares the addicts off, Jake finds the girl's wallet on the ground and retrieves it, which will help him later. Sure, sure, sure will. Alonzo brings Jake along to several more stops. It kind of the movie's kind of vignette-y, although each step you realize is like part of Denzel's plan for the day. Yes, it's it seems Fellini-esque until you realize it's all <laughs> one big connected thing. Yes, it's very Fellini-esque. Then they then they stop by this fountain and this, this and Alonso's got a cat. Alonso. Alonso. And she's just yeah, bathing under the fountain. He's playing with the cat. It's uh it's it was a surprising turn. Um <laughs> But yes, they use uh, a like ch- a Chinese food menu or Chinese restaurant menu as like a f- to pretend to be a fake search warrant to steal money from this drug dealer's house and use the money to pay off a trio of high-ranking police officials in exchange for an arrest warrant. And we also get to meet Alonzo's mistress, Sarah, and their young son, a little early in her career, Eva Mendez. Uh, and using the arrest warrant, Alonzo, Jake, and four other narcotics officers return to Roger's house and seize four million from the premises, a quarter of which Alonzo keeps. And Alonzo then shoots and kills Roger when Jake refuses to do so and stages the scene with his men to make the shooting justified. And Alonzo well, make it look justified. Yeah, to make yes, to make the shooting look justified. They ha- they fire. You get a random uncredited Peter Green. Of, Why uncredited? He's like a real role. I, there must be some random reason. I don't. I don't know. I so don't know weird. of. I mean, when it's like a character with a name and and like oh, it sure it's is. like a plot point. It, it, I mean, Don, Don Cheadle is uncredited in the first Ocean's Eleven movie. What? And it, it might be because he was embarrassed by his Cockney accent. I don't know. But Wild. randomly, there will be actors that will just won't be credited. And in this case, I have no idea why Peter Green was not. But Peter Green, the villain in the Jim Carrey the Mask, he's in Pulp. Fi- he's Zed in Pulp Fiction. He's Usual Suspects was kind of his big run of yeah. like character eat like slimy evil character mm-hmm. actor guys um but yeah he's randomly in this so they shoot denzel shoots him twice in his bulletproof vest to be like but gets him in, in accidentally the side. shoots yeah. him through the vest um oh, i thought it was through the vest that he got hit well he got hit he, like, once through the vest which of course like will bruise the crap out of you but then i think like well i get yeah the the vest should wrap all the way around the side but it looked like he like got pierced somewhere like where the vest wasn't mm. um covering him but what do i know I just saw it once. My eyes were squinting closed. You oh, know? I thought it just like pierced through. I, Maybe it did. I don't, I mean, it probably did clip him on the side. Um, but Alonzo threatens Jake by reminding him of the LAPD's routine blood test, which will identify all those drugs that Jake smoked earlier and end his career, which is how he gets Jake to comply, even mm-hmm. though he's very reticent. You get it's, it's. I mean, this was like a real scene for you where I was like, how you doing? Do we need to? Take a break and pause in this the scene. One where leading, he, like, up, leading, the, the, oh, yeah, leading, leading up, up to, to them shooting Roger when it was yeah, just like telling I was, Ethan Hawke to shoot Scott Glenn to shoot yeah, Roger. I was not too thrilled no. to be uh, <laughs> in that much suspense for that long. You don't tend to break into a cheer whenever uh, there's a suspenseful No, scene it was like reminding that. me of no. watching the raid in Point Break where I was like, none of this is going well for oh, any one end of these characters. No, it sure isn't. And then in this film, it's crazy at the end when Ethan Hawke has to chase Denzel out into the waves. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> or suddenly skydiving. What a turn that would be. That they, would be if he unexpected. To, if he had to chase him up to the plane, they they go. They make it. To, he makes it to LAX. Car is also a plane. Oh, we're suddenly at the end of Greece. Now we're talking. Or chitty chitty bang bang. Or chitty chitty bang bang. So later that evening, Alonzo drives Jake to the home of a gangster named Smiley for an errand. Jake reluctantly plays poker with Smiley and his fellow gang members. Another scene where you were like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Why? Why? That was rough. Well, they also set it up so well, right? Like with the way they enter the neighborhood and the way they enter the house of like, because in the previous neighborhood, like, you know, uh, Denzel's like, don't come here alone. Mm -hmm. But it's primarily a black neighborhood. And Denzel is like, they all know who he is. But it's like... When you're walking into this and this is like the Hispanic neighborhood, yeah. it felt very much like, okay, they are more openly resentful towards Alonzo. Right. And if they're that much more openly resentful towards Alonzo, yeah. then Ethan Hawke, this like white guy cop that they don't know, but they know is a cop because he's with Alonzo. Yeah. This it's, is it's like, like, it doesn't even getting out of the house. You've got, there's yes, so many people, like so the, many the people, people that like don't want to let Ethan Hawke through it at, at the start yes, that are like waiting the at, the, at the, like, yeah, yeah over it's, yeah, you're like far away from the house. Yeah. It just, they, they immediately heightened the sense of danger and of it being like, oof, this is Alonzo's protection doesn't go as far here, you know, right. is what it felt like setting it up for this scene. And then he's like in the bathroom and I'm like, what are these guys here gonna do yeah uh, you know? yeah denzel alonzo says that he's going to the bathroom apparently if you listen very closely you can hear his car start up and when he leaves uh yes because alonzo leaves ethan hawk there and has paid smiley and his men to kill ethan hawk um but first we also get to know they keep hinting at that denzel has kind of had troubles in vegas and we we get to know the russian yes that he killed a guy in in las vegas who actually was connected so now he has to owe one million to the russians by midnight tonight or he will be killed himself and interestingly i thought is that he beat him to death which um rather than like shooting him or something he's got so many guns Mm. you know but like just think just thinking about the implications of what that says about alonzo insofar as like okay he lost his temper and just beat him yeah. to death which then i think in this like this scene coming up where he and ethan hawk are fighting and it's like he does he doesn't have his guns but also it's like you know that he has killed a person that's exactly his bare hands exactly right yeah more or less yeah it just like sets that up in a way you're like oh ugh. yeah Uh, Jake attempts to flee, but he's beaten and dragged to the bathroom to be executed. But before they can kill Jake, one of the gang members searches him for money and finds the wallet of the teenage girl he saved, who thankfully happens to be Smiley's cousin, which is such a it's a hard coincidence to swallow, but it does work. It does feel like how small is she also sets it up earlier that she's got like cousins who are connected. You know, True. and also cousin is not it didn't say necessarily like that's my sister's kid. Well, yes, know? but the fact that she the guy that's about to kill Ethan Hawke. Yes. Knows the girl that he happened to save that day. For it sure, just it, sure. it works out in his favor real well, because after he they call he smiley calls his cousin and learns that Ethan Hawke is telling the truth. So he lets Jake go. Jake returns to Sarah's apartment to arrest Alonzo. And we have this long gunfight and chase scene and multiple times where it's like and this is where it ends nope alonzo gets away is this where it ends Mm -hmm. nope alonzo gets away wait i do want to mention one of my favorite moments in the whole movie is like number one where i'm like is that terry cruz and it's (laughs) terry cruz there's like three guys standing at like kind of like the entrance to this neighborhood and they're like what are you doing here you don't belong here and he just goes 
I'm here for Alonzo. Uh, they all just kind of like look at each other and then just back up and let yeah. him in. I was like, oh. They're like, oh, we're all sick of it. Because I, f- I feel like it's like it's known that like, oh, you hear like Alonzo's in trouble. Like Alonzo is like if he yeah. doesn't, it kind of is the thing like if Alonzo lives to the end of the day, we're all stuck with him. But if something happens to him, like we're all we could get out from under get this out from, guy's thumb. Yes, you absolutely. Know? Yeah. I mean, and they have they have that seated much earlier with one guy being like, right. oh, I'm so sick of this guy, man. Yeah. You every know? time they're just like so nice to Denzel's face. And then once he leaves, they're just like this, this every, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eventually, Alonzo is subdued on the street with the entire neighborhood gathering to watch, including just a glowering Terry Crews just standing feet away, which is wonderful, uh, which we'll talk about his story about getting mm. involved in this film later. Um, and Jake takes the stolen cash. Oh, Alonzo offers money to whoever want, kills Jake first and no one is interested. Right. And Jake needs the cash to be able to prove that uh, Alonzo stole it. Like he needs some evidence. Right. And, it's, and just... then it, it is to there you know if denzel doesn't have the money then he can't pay off the russians right exactly right uh we and we get this incredible monologue from denzel just chewing everyone out we get the king kong and got shit on me uh and jake takes the stolen cash intending to submit it as criminal evidence against alonzo and then it the movie ends with alonzo fleeing to lax but is ambushed and killed by the russians on the way where he man i mean last week's film with sunny's yep squibs this was I, I, I feel like on par or maybe even more bullets that they fired into Maybe, Denzel. but because um because it's nighttime and he's clothed in like all black. Yes. It doesn't oh, less pop bloodier. The, the way that like either in Bonnie and Clyde or right. it, or uh, Sonny in Godfather. Right, like you right, just right. like see it uh, very vividly. Very, very much so. And Jake returns home as the press reports on Alonzo's death. The casting director of Training Day was Mary Verneau. Verneau has also cast such films as Requiem for a Dream, Silver Linings Playbook, Girls Trip, A Star is Born, and Knives Out. Let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Now, some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And as always, I've looked up all the actors in advance, and Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. We're the same. So let's kick it off with Jake Hoyt. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Ethan Hawke, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? This is really strong casting, I think. Like, Hawke is someone who, like, you know, I've seen play a lot of like hotheads so it's interesting it's interesting seeing him be in in a bit more of like a beta kind of role but um it's also nice because like at the beginning like the when he wakes up and he's scruffy and he just he just seems like i don't know he like read like a war vet to me you know kind of just um just like a a kind of macho dude but then when you put him next to alonzo well like, yeah it's in oh, comparison no. right you like by himself you could imagine like oh yeah this could be like a cop like you don't want to cross yes. this guy but when you put him next to denzel washington you're like, you're like oh this, this guy, guy is a puppy yeah but it's interesting that you said that about uh about him because uh antoine fuqua said about casting ethan hawk there's something innocent about ethan he's such a nice guy but there's something in his eyes that tells you he's seen something yeah which yes. i think is the difference opposed to getting like a real like wet behind the ears like vanilla like yeah, no. i'm fresh out of the academy and i look like i've never seen like ethan hawk yeah. does look like oh some you've dealt you've, with something the, the thing too is you want you need to buy that he might 
go willingly along with something. That at some point, yeah. Denzel's going to like turn the tide and he's going to be like, okay, you know, you, or, you get that. Re- yeah, the, the real argument from Denzel of like, if you stick with me, like eight, whatever, whatever it is, like 18, 18 months, months and I will get you, I'll make your career. Yeah. And you want that as the film, like you want that to actually have some weight to be like, oh, is this guy, like, how much is this guy going to like lose his soul over the course Absolutely. of the day? I mean, this, this, movie is a real argument for abolishing the police and nothing else i was like wow they did a a real strong argument for there's no way to do things that isn't corrupt basically and the fact that this movie is 20 years old i know (laughs) (laughs) um but almost almost 20 pretty pretty close we're coming up but um yeah so i think he's he's really successful in the role i think um i do remember like when this movie came out i read some you know, like in Entertainment Weekly or something where they have the like the Oscar nominees or whatever. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I remember this might actually have been before the nominations came out. But Ethan Hawke saying in some interview, like, I like really liked the script, blah, blah, blah. And I felt like, OK, if I do my job right, Denzel will win an Oscar. Like about how much of his job oh, is wow. to imbue him yeah. with power and status. And Denzel is someone who can command that. But also it's like it is Ethan Hawke's job to like like seed as much power as possible i feel like that's with a lot of like these like buddy yeah. buddy dynamics where there usually is you know there's the flashier showier role there's who's doing the pushing and who's doing the like of who's leading the dance and then who's responding you yes, know totally. um and you need both you know you need you need ginger rogers is there to also make fred astaire look, look good help yes. make it look effortless exactly and it's like yeah they, the quote about like she did everything fred astaire did but backwards, backwards and, and heels. heels and it's like I think what Denzel does is incredible, but I'm I'm always very interested in an actor who who has the less flashy role who still has to do a lot of juggling. It's just not as visible, so it's not yeah. as like exciting. Right. Um. Therefore, it's more thankless. Um. Uh, but it, it, I feel like it's really seamless in this, and like seeing the transformation over the course of the day. By the time he gets to that point, mm. like I was talking about, where he's like, "I'm here for Alonzo." It's like this is a different yeah. guy <laughs> than the guy that left the house this morning. Yeah. And actually, there was this line at the very beginning where he's talking to, like, his wife has gotten up in the middle of the night to feed their baby. And he, let me see, I wrote it down. He says, babies are supposed to be sleeping. And I wrote it down because I was like, this is not the experience of anyone I know who has ever had a child. Like, one of my dear friends has an infant right now that's, like, two months old. And she's like... No, she never sleeps. She can't sleep more than two hours because she has to get wake up to feed the baby. But as the movie went on, I was like, oh, he's the baby. Like the baby mm. is Ethan Hawke, who like has to grow up over the course of the film. Like he's in some ways like asleep to the realities of what a lot of people are doing in order to like become celebrated detectives or what have you. You know, I was like, oh, he's the baby that Denzel is trying to like lull into a false sense of security or, you know. Yeah, I love if we like going back. So I do think we should watch this again now that you've like seen everything because it's like all these little lines that you pick up on the second time watching it, like right from the jump, like Denzel is saying, like, do you like when first calling him like, okay, like meet me in this diner. Like, do you have like another piece? Do you have another gun on you? And he's like, no, just like the the one right. that gave me he's like okay that's good that's good just knowing like great i don't have to worry okay, about you gun. having yeah another a backup gun like once i get your you know that's it's like already just like planting these seeds 
uh, to like cover his own ass. Um, I think it's like so smart. It's all wild. those like, tiny little things that in the in the moment you don't clock, and so much that like Ethan Hawke, you like I, which I love in his performance of how much you're seeing Ethan Hawke kind of like, are you on my side? Like what? Like am I being manipulated or is this actually like the school of hard knocks? And you're showing me yeah. how it is, and you're like, look, this is how it goes. There's that fantastic scene in the car like the stationary scene in the car after roger's been shot Mm -hmm. and where alonzo really turns on this like look man like this is he was selling drugs to kids and like this is and now i got him like this is how the only way i could get him because yeah he was an ex-cop now he sells drugs you think we're friends because what he knows my first name that's how this works man and it's like it does feel you see him you see the not become like assuaged into like wow i okay maybe i really do have this all wrong like again the gaslighting just right. being like all over the place but it's just a real roller coaster for both of them it's just one is the one who's like the magician and the other one is the one who's like wait where did that rabbit go rabbit? <laughs> yeah am i the rabbit uh so who'd you cast if you had to cast someone else you know i don't have like a million thoughts this is one that i do think is easier to cast than alonzo even though it take it it takes i think a really strong actor to execute it totally um but i felt like it was a bit more i don't know it just requires a a different it requires different things yeah um i did also like and obviously this could be shifted depending on what actor you cast as alonzo but i did really like that he is not only like young and and fresh but he's white it just adds another obstacle to him like being in these neighborhoods Mm. and him feeling like really out of his depth i don't speak spanish i'm like clearly you know just like i i think that that plays really nicely also with like weirdly like it gives denzel more power in a lot of situations because they're in neighborhoods where he like looks more like everybody else you know so i i was like i don't know i feel like around this time like you could have gone with like a matt damon Mm-hmm. Would also be like a, a similar kind of um, I see that uh, actor who I think would have would have done a nice job. More contemporary, probably still not not like today today, but I was like I don't know. You could put like a Chris Evans in there. He's someone who I feel like you could play the sensitivity, but he like looks so severe. He's someone who looks like he's been through like a boot camp, if you will. Oh, you know, sure. Like yeah. got that like uh, the game face on him. And I'm, I don't know. I'm always just like cast Adam Driver and everything. Yeah. Oh, love that. That's what I, yeah. I, I think those first two options are great, but I do, there is something about the like the white knight sensibility that I think it, it's better. I, what I like of Ethan Hawke, that he is like a squirrelier yes. actor, that he's mm-hmm. someone that's not always coming in. You're like, oh, this leading man, Ethan Hawke. He, when I saw um, Henry the Fourth, he was playing Hotspur. You know, Hotspur is like, not Hal. He's not the young prince right. who may be kind of a screw up, but he will grow into the king. Hotspur is like, I can't even talk straight. I'm just so angry all the time. You know, and I feel like Adam Driver is out of those three, possibly oh, the most natural yes. Hotspur as Love well. that. Love that. Because I was thinking like if you're not getting Ethan Hawke, I could see a Billy Crudup, which I think Ooh. is another yes, similar yes. like, oh, especially that your... era. Yeah. Yeah. And he's so short. Billy that would... He's very short. Oh, I didn't realize that. That would be... Um, very interesting dynamic wise. There you go. As Jake Hoyt, boom, Danny DeVito. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, now, um, I could also see it'd be so early in his career. Cause I believe his first film credit is the same year and is a small role in eight mile. But Anthony Mackie is also someone that mm-hmm. it's someone who a lot of them is also like the there it's them listening. Mm-hmm. You're seeing their response is so much of the beauty of the performance is like not what they're saying, but of how they're like taking in information. And like, as 
which I think Ethan Hawke does so well, and all the scenes of why they're so tense, because you're seeing him clock everything. Oh, yeah. You're seeing him clock and still be helpless to, like, change the outcome of these His eyes are very alive, you know? So I could see either them. If this was later, I could see Aaron Paul, Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Mm -hmm, Bad, of course. mm -hmm. Uh, I could see a Donald Glover, I think would be really rad. Mm -hmm. Um, I could see young Tom Hardy, I think, of also someone you're like, yeah, you're not just, like, leading man white knight, that you are someone that you're like, oh, you're also a bit of a darker... Uh, course yes, um and uh mainly because of his role in good time but i would be interested if it was made more today in a robert pattinson interesting because someone who's just a little a weirder actor i i kind of mm-hmm. want in this someone who's like a little squirrelier that's not just you know a vanilla pudding cup coming vanilla in pudding. <laughs> um as tasty as that might be uh so Ethan Hawke said that both Denzel and Antoine Fuqua, the director, really wanted him, but the studio didn't want him. Uh, and he said that Denzel wanted somebody who could play with him, that he puts a high value on the theater. And Ethan Hawke, yes, of course, clearly. like tons, tons both and tons of, them of tons have of theater. continued to work in theater, too, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, which I think really plays well, that so much of these long dialogue scenes yes. between the two of them are are kind of theatrical. They don't feel stagey, but well, I think it helps having... They're in a car and they're moving yeah. around, you know, but yeah, it's long... And the diner, that, that's a long scene in the diner, but it's like oh, so yeah. good. I mean... Every line of it of Ethan of Ethan Hawke just like showing up and like Denzel like you want some food and it's like oh no I already ate and it's like trying to talk and Denzel is like I'm reading the paper and he's like oh okay I'll get some food nope you screwed that up mm-hmm. so now tell me a story because now you're not letting me read my paper so now you gotta tell me a story and it's just um, right from the jump Ethan Hawke is like I'm on the wrong foot constantly there's no right foot with this no. guy um, so he said that he came in to do a screen test and he did the test with Denzel and Denzel went completely off book. He said, like, I, like, we didn't even read the script. Like, wow. they were just improvising. With Strong Alonzo move. It is. So he walked out. He said he walked out debating about whether to go back in and tell them all to go to hell because he felt like he'd been sabotaged because they didn't do anything on the page. And he's like, it's easy for Denzel to improvise. It's easy to improvise when you got the part. But he was sitting outside and de- thinking about, like, do I go in and tell them to go to hell? And then he got a call saying, yeah, it went great. They want you. And I was like, oh, they did? I love them. They were amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly that moment where he like takes the gun and puts it on Denzel. He's like, you pointed a gun at me right. twice. Right. There, the will last, there will third. not be a third. Um, and he said he was asked whether Denzel was easy to work with. And Hawk said, I loved it. I love somebody who sets the bar high for crying out loud. I mean, everybody just is so complacent. It's like they're waiting for Martin Scorsese to show up to give them permission to do great work. Mm. Why not do it now? Why not do it with your friends? You know, which I think is such a great sentiment. Because this is so a film, true. which I think is very significant that the only oscar nominations it got were for denzel and ethan hawk nothing mm-hmm. else and it's not to say that the script is bad or that the directing is bad i think it's both are great but i yeah. think that if you get different actors this film is not necessarily forgettable but it's a film that you're like this would never be I nominated th- for an oscar i think when we were watching it i said like yeah if this weren't like these prestige actors it could very easily be like a summer kind of pot boiler kind of yeah it's, yeah, it's some gritty thriller that comes out in the summer and you're like oh that was good and then you forget about it right I, I very easily could be lost to the sands of time mm-hmm. um not saying that it would ever star him but just like all of these liam neeson thrillers where you're like oh yes that was fun and then you like what what happened in that movie yeah you the can't computer? do training day two Unknown? there is no second training Non-stop. day <laughs> uh i'll save that for the end but just a hint that there could be oh my gosh <laughs> um and so ethan hawk was nominated for the oscar for this but he lost so the other actors that were nominated alongside with him it was a pretty stacked year uh-huh. you had you had john voight in ali 
You had Ian McKellen for Fellowship of the Ring. You've got Ben Kingsley for Sexy Beast. Mm-hmm. And then the winner, Jim Broadbent for Iris, which I know oh, I remember right. was like a real upset. Especially, I mean, Ben Kingsley and Sexy Beast and Ian McKellen is Gandalf. I mean, come on. Come on. Um, so it's a tough year. So I understand why he Ugh, lost. But that's some good actors. That's some good actors right there. But as far as the actors who were considered for Jake, right off the bat, Toby Maguire was seriously considered and followed undercover narcotics officers for two months in LA and gained weight for the role, which I assume is he like bulked Bulked up. up. Also a very short man. Yeah. That yes, definitely. Having, Um, having uh, stood next to him (laughs) like, Oh yes, you are. You are as short (laughs) as uh, I surmised you might be. Um, But he was dropped when Ethan Hawke, who was Fuqua's first choice was finally available for the shooting schedule, Mm. but he was about to be Spider-Man. So Tobey Maguire is fine, but that is, you know, it is like the difference of, I want to do like be taken seriously as a dramatic actor, um, which could really do. Well, that's a different thing for your career. like saw Tobey Maguire was in Larry Moss's class in LA. Like a movie star doesn't come yeah. to one of those classes. They, if they don't, right. if they're not serious. Like he could easily just Absolutely. do private sessions with Larry, but he like, yeah. you know, showed up. I mean, he was auditing, but still it's like, we all know who you are and you're sitting in on this acting class, you know, like that's someone who, uh, yeah. So it, did, it did not help that he was wearing the Spider-Man outfit. Uh, it makes him easily clockable. I will say, so I this is the only Larry Mox class I've taken in LA, but it's a lot of the same people who will take it. Acclaimed you know, acting, acclaimed acting teacher, teacher, coach, He's Larry inc- Moss, incredible. who works on so many he so is, many films um, with so Hillary many so Swank many and Leo DiCaprio's like personal acting yeah. coach. Um, he, and you know, like Sutton Foster thanked him in one of her Tony acceptance speeches for anything goes, I think, cause he came in and like worked with her on it. But anyway, there, so there's a lot of people that even though I'm like based in New York, I, I went out there with mm-hmm. my scene partner and, um, but there were people there that I knew from New York. I was like, Oh, it's so-and-so and so-and-so. There's a lot of people that you like recognize just cause you think you've seen them for years. And so like, you know, I, we'd all been around. I'm passing this guy in the hallway and I like look at him and smile like, oh, it's that guy. I was like, that guy is Toby Maguire. <laughs> I don't actually know him. He's Spider-Man. He's very famous. And I'm someone who is like, I'm here from New York. I better be able to talk loudly and show all these L.A. actors I don't need a microphone. Right, right. That was like my main concern for the week. Uh, yeah, I I get it. I It's hard for me to see it. I, I, I get it. I don't absolutely love it. I mean, he is so Peter Parker in Spider-Man. That is him. He's just this nerd. It was just like, that's what he was, that's what he's made such a career off of. Yeah. Um, And I get not wanting to be pigeonholed as that and trying to push against those constraints, but it's like, there's no flipping that. There's no world where Tobey Maguire was in this and Ethan Hawke played Spider-Man, you know? No. You know, but I can see Tobey Maguire being successful in that role in Dead Poets Society. But it's like there's certain things where I think that that would fit him better. But there's just like I don't see that like, I don't know. I feel like him, Tobey Maguire, like his darkness is very like, oh, God, this is going to sound awful. It's very like uh, school shooter energy as opposed to like. I mean, considering uh, what we know of him based on the film Molly's Game, where he was uh, a, fi- a fictionalized version of him played by Michael Sarah was just right. like the nightmare poker player that was just like, I'm going to burn this to the ground because I'm not getting my Forgot way about that. Uh, I mean, cause you know, he's part of part of that famous posse with DiCaprio, oh, all these, these that we scumbags. shan't speak the name of right. here on uh, for it is a <laughs> just going around. It's an inappropriate up name. She's scoring drugs and picking up girls. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So 
I don't know. I get it. I get it. I get it, but it doesn't feel like it it hits the notes in the way that like Yeah. I think it's just so far on the opposite end of the spectrum to believe that you were like in L- I mean to him it's like if he was transferred from he was working in, you know, in Fargo. He was working he was a cop working yes. in the Midwest. Yes. And like a very in a place that had never seen a murder in a hundred years. Oh gosh. And now we send him like, Oh boy, wow, I'm in LA now. I, I wanna stop here. drugs, okay. So <laughs> uh ryan Philippe was considered oh, which well, i see it but i'm glad right. we did not um yes. instead in 2001 he had antitrust and gosford park so yes which his bad scottish accent is magnificent <laughs> because it's supposed to be bad and that much better use uh yes we had uh scott speedman who's might be best known from all of the underworld films and in 2001 he was in the middle of his run on the show felicity so that sure would be that's an amazing, you know, to jump from I'm on a TV show. Yeah. Even an acclaimed TV show at the time. But uh, still, we're talking like 90s TV does not have the yes, same cachet. She jumped from that to like co-starring With opposite Denzel. Denzel. Would have been really cool. Yarp. For a career, I must say. Uh, Mark Wahlberg was considered. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I mean, no. <laughs> I, it has to be set in Boston. It it just has to. At, at, or at least New York. I mean, him in L.A., he just has such strong Boston energy. And honestly, I mean, Mark Wahlberg today should be playing Alonzo. He should be playing a corrupt cop. Yes, uh, that's more <laughs> along the lines. In in The Departed, wasn't he? He was a FBI. Was he a Fed in that? Yeah, I think I believe he's the Fed. He's Dig Dignum. But that the works. Fed, There's like a certain a, amount of like swagger. A oh, yes. He's just cursing everyone out nonstop yeah. through the film. He's the one giving crap to Matt Damon and right, to right, right. Leonard and to everyone, to DiCaprio and all. Um, and instead in 2001, he had Rockstar and Planet of the Apes. So this sure would have been a better career choice because both of those yeah. did not do great. Um, Freddie Prinze Jr. was considered. Hmm. Now, I'm not that familiar with his oeuvre, but wasn't uh, She's All That like right before this? That was before 98. But in 2001, he had graduated to some, you know, some more uh, mature roles like uh, Summer Catch with Jessica Biel, which mm. I think is just another rom-com where we, we play baseball and Head Over Heels with Monica Potter, where he might be like, I'm secretly a spy, but it's a rom-com. I think, I don't know. I remember seeing the trailer for a reason. I remember the trailer to head over heels and I remember him like throwing like a, having to throw like a knife or something and catching some guy's sleeve against a door. So now he's stuck to the door and he's like, let's go. And she's like, what's happening? I thought we were on a date. Um, <laughs> <laughs> paraphrasing. Oh, oh, oh okay. All right. Well. Not a necessarily a direct quote. Paul Walker was considered. Oh, which energetically yeah. is at least I dig a little more. Um, For sure. Instead, 2001, though, if he did this, he might not have been able to do the first Fast and Furious movie, which that did give him a lot of work. Uh, that was like, that's yeah. the career is yeah. seven. I think, I think, or I don't think he's in the third. So I think six films in, in a huge franchise, which, you know, play into your strengths. I get it. Paul Walker was just never known I mean, along with Freddie Prince Jr. and some of these actors, Scott Speedman, as being like a real like actor, actor. Well, I think it also is a testament to what movie that the studio thought they were making. Yeah. We want to put in like, who's hot right now? Yes. Who's like yes. a hot actor that the girls will want to show up to see this hot actor. As opposed actor. to like, who's going to play really well opposite Denzel and, right. and elevate this. And that's Ethan Hawke. And that's Ethan Hawke in this situation. Uh, Eminem was offered the role but turned it down due to the development of Eight Mile, which he had to stay available for. Yep. Well, I was he nominated for 
a performance in Eight Mile? He was not. He won the Oscar for Best Song okay, for Lose Yourself. Was. He I was, was like, not nominated for performance. So uh, shocking as though it may uh, though it may seem, I have not seen Eight Mile. It's pretty good. Well, I'm just saying I, I don't have a lot of um, yeah. uh, reference points for Eminem's acting. Sure. I mean, he's very good. He's also playing a you know a fictionalized version of himself in that film. Right. So I don't know in terms of range. Uh, he's very good in that, but I don't know if he has the the he should be No, he should be doing, like, he should have been one of the undercover cops who come to do the bust oh, on I could Roger. Like, Snoop Dogg has, like, yeah. that, the size of a role they gave to Snoop Dogg. Well, I mean, you have Dr. Dre is already part of that exactly. quartet exactly. that they come in. Same, same deal. Give like a, and, he, and Dr. Dre is great in that, you know, just like give, give him a, a, a that. Yeah. Size you've got role. Dr. Dre, you've got Snoop Dogg earlier. You've got Macy Gray. You have all of these performers, all yeah, these yeah, singers. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you could slip Eminem into a smaller role, but I don't think as the lead, I don't think he could carry. That's that. my concern. If you're putting Eminem, then this is not a film that's getting Oscar nominations, which is nothing against Eminem, but this is a film that just feels like more of like a more traditional, like summer action right. thrill, like thriller, exactly. which again might film. be what the producers it thought they were trying to make, which I mean, like it on the page, maybe it is, but then you get, you, you get like Denzel and the other like people who are like, I'm here to act <laughs> and it shifts it. It sure does. And that sound means it's time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy. Oh yeah! The way it works: two of the following actors were up for the role of Jake, and one was not. And Amy Joe has to guess which is which. Your options are King Kong. No, um, sorry. Your I was options- like, I think I got it. I'm gonna win this one for sure. Surprisingly, King Kong was not considered. Uh, no, your options are Matt Damon. Huh. Christian Bale. Huh. And Leonardo DiCaprio. Huh. <laughs> young Leo didn't occur to me, which is surprising given how much we talked about young Leo in uh, R&J, but that does seem like years ago now. I know. That we did this that is episode. like right before Gangs in New York. Leo, I think. So this is like right like, after the beach, right before Gangs of New York. It's right before he... Or it's right like, before Catch Me If You Can, I guess, because I think that's 2002. So I think oh. that's like right before that. Mm. So he's still got that like fresh-faced thing, but you know, he's he's someone who, yeah, has like a... a that's why I love Gangs of New York. He's He has like the little beard that he could grow at the time. And it's like, because you, you could just see, he's like, I got to be taken seriously as a grown-up. I'm a little grown-up. Um, Okay. <laughs> Matt I know Damon people don't believe it when I'm always wearing this this trench coat with a broom coming out of one sleeve and a dustpan coming out of the other. Why, did why, do, why do people not think that I, Leonardo DiCaprio, am an adult? They all think I'm three children stacked on top of each other in a trench coat. Uh, but who do you think? Hmm, I don't know. I mean, Christian Bale is the only Brit of those three. So I do wonder if they're, I mean, he's, you know, done many in accents. So I, I don't feel like that's like a huge no-go for him like it would be for some other actors where they and Christian like, Bell is someone who's amazing at accents yes exactly like but I'm saying at this point in his right. career you've already seen him do accents so it's not like they'd be like I don't know if he can do it you I know? mean American Psycho is 2000 oh yeah right before right and of course we can't forget Newsies <laughs> no <laughs> no I suppose we can't uh and Matt Damon who obviously like I said hmm when was Goodwill Hunting like 99 um, I want to say 97 or 98. Oh. oh, okay. Okay. That was the thing that really put him on the map. Because, well, yeah, I know that. I mean, him and Ben had been in things, but that was why they like, right. we're going to write our own. I do recall that. I was paying attention at the time because I was in high school and was like, I'm going to 
watch movies. I want to say this is the year before Born Identity. I think Born Identity is oh, 2002 yes, in regards to where he's right. at, how he's looking, what kind of films he's nosing around. <laughs> like a pig looking for truffles. <laughs> Matt Damon's nosing around them Born films. Um, I'm going to go Leo. Ding, ding, ding. That is correct. As far as I could tell, Leonardo DiCaprio was not considered for training day. Although I think decent casting. I do think it's decent casting. I do think it's also, I mean, if you just look at DiCaprio's career, I think that he would work with Antoine Fuqua now. But at the time, Antoine Fuqua had like one other film, this Jamie Foxx, like action comedy Mm -hmm. bait that's not good. And DiCaprio is someone that it feels like his top priority is, is the director. Like who's the director? I think that that's true. It's all Spielberg, Scorsese. Eastwood, uh, in, uh, Alejandro Inarritu, Tarantino, uh, and, and even earlier in like the beach, it's like, oh, it's cause it's Danny Boyle. Yeah. He's getting like name. He's oh, uh, Christopher Nolan. It's always name directors. I very rarely, if ever see DiCaprio being like, I'm going to work with a first timer. You know, honestly, as yeah. uh, someone who, because of the position I am in in my career, which is to say not quite to the level of DiCaprio, of DiCaprio. is that... <laughs> Man, you know, if you have an opportunity to work with people who've established themselves, who you know can run a room, yeah. you're gonna make. I mean, it might still be awful, like who's just. But it's like you're, you know, you you at least know that you're not going to be like wasting a lot of time on stuff that is actually completely unnecessary. Which I wonder if he had like a couple of and rough experiences earlier on. Yeah. He's like never again. It could be. It could be because I mean, it is also a thing like if you're, you know, what are you prioritizing? If you're prioritizing, I want to work with this performer. I want to work with this actor mm-hmm. uh, or I want to. This is like a script, a great script. But if you've got a first time director, not, they not nece- they won't necessarily be able to have the clout to not let that script be changed by the it's, studio. That's very true. And the studio then comes in is like, no, we want a different we want like a happier ending. And like, oh, no, we want to shoehorn in this hot actor. And, and when now you're, you're working stuck. with Scorsese, Scorsese they're not going to do pushed that. around like that. No. Scorsese is like, no, I don't care. I'm going to (laughs) release The Irishman and have it be so long, which I think I talked ill of it a few episodes ago. And I want to be clear. There are scenes in The Irishman that are so good. There's just no reason for that movie to be as long as it is. And I will I don't think I will ever get on board with this de-aging technology that they do now because mm. i always just see it it just looks it looks like the polar express it looks like uncanny valley yeah weird cgi Honestly, face there's, makeup is so good now if you get it but decent to makeup age artist, up but there's to, to like age down pacino and de niro to make them look like they're in their 40s okay, is that, impossible that's 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 a lot i that's don't think it's lot. possible with makeup I, if you're not going to cast a younger actor i don't know how okay okay how to make up down and cgiing down seems to be what people that's the solution and to me personally i just think it looks so silly Mm -hmm. it looks like a computer it looks like i'm playing a game if the irishman was a video game i i would have probably enjoyed it more (laughs) even you know what you know what i should i should watch irishman again and just hold my ps4 controller and act (laughs) like i'm playing it and just like making de niro just give like these little little kicks on on just kicking a guy in the curb just like square 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 um so yes originally the film was supposed to be directed by Davis Guggenheim, who's probably best known for his documentaries, including An Inconvenient Truth, and he named me Malala. So when he was attached to direct, in his version, Matt Damon was attached. Mm. And I, I don't know if it was just when Antoine Foucault got involved or of if that's why he dropped. Or 2001 is also he had Ocean's Eleven. So it could also be scheduling, right, right. especially if it's like. There might be some time if a direct one director is leaving and another's coming in. Yes. It doesn't mean they're going to be on the same schedule now. Correct. So it could have gotten pushed back and maybe that's why he had to drop. I'd, or I, I don't know. I don't know if he 
like had to leave or if he was like okay well now we've got Antoine Fuqua he wants Ethan Hawke mm-hmm, mm-hmm. considering he did that to Tommy McGuire where he's like great you're out yeah um so that I don't know and Christian Bale was offered the role but turned it down which is a bummer because I think he'd have been really good yes and instead in 2001 he was playing pardon the pun second fiddle to Nicolas Cage in Captain Corelli's Mandolin I skipped it as did I mean it's Nick Cage doing an Italian accent so I think that was a good move on your part look the guy is italian he's a coppola i i feel like he would get like kicked out of the coppola <laughs> family with that accent that he does i feel like one day I, it's 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 well did they kick him out rough. did they disown him i mean he also is like i don't want to be coppola i want to take my name from comic book character luke cage i i feel like he's already it's just like how many of them are like <laughs> Well, also, oh, there, Nick Cage. There's yeah, a certain yeah, amount yeah, of yeah. like being like, I don't want to just trade on anymore. the family name. Well, that's why he also changed it to Cage, but he also yeah. changed it to a comic book character name. Yes, well, uh, and is doing a ridiculous Italian accent in Captain Crowley's. Mandolin. Again, I will continue to skip it. You will continue to not see it exactly, and you'll continue to be happy. Yes, but let's move on to Roger. Uh, this is the former cop turned drug dealer who they they uh, Denzel shoots. Uh, Amy Jo, your thoughts on Scott Glenn and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Uh, my main thought about Scott Glenn in this role is how much better of a fit it is than in Silence of the Lambs. Could you imagine if it was the same character who had just fallen <laughs> on incredibly hard times? I love it. This buttoned up Jack, uh, whatever his last name is, Crawford, Jack Crawford. Jack Crawford is now just wearing this black, little black tank top and is just drinking his like oh, $3,000 whiskey in, in like the middle of the day. Uh, and yeah. just chilling. He's just vibing. I could see now watching this why it didn't work in Silence of the Lambs because he seems <laughs> for so, us at least well, for, for us. us. That's true. I'm sure some people aren't thinking about it. Uh, but like he's just so Jack much more. Crawford is what makes Silence of the Lambs. Anthony Hopkins, who that's a take. That is a take. Um, he just seems so much more at ease in this movie. Yeah. Like it just feels like it fits him yeah. really nicely. I think it fits him like a glove. Yeah. I think it's it's. A, I think he's because it's very little screen time is this one like little scene that feels pointless the first one you're like what's the point of this why are we meeting this person yes okay and then you're like okay because it's also denzel just being able to scope out to case the place to know exactly what to deal with as they come by in a few hours with four guys with guns right um so he did not a lot of screen time, but I think it's so lived in. Yes, very. Uh, and you get like the history between him and Denzel. Which like you're is very getting like these relationships. Because that scene is what gives us a lot of like character exposition of Denzel. Like it's it's also how people are treating him, not just like how the rookie cop yeah. is deferential to him. It's like seeing how he operates in the wider world. And we'll see him in so many different situations that like kind of shimmer differently. Um, but it's a really, I think, useful early scene and he's really excellent. And then I, I didn't watch as much of the second scene as I would have liked because I was kind of squinting through my palms, my fingers near my eyes, trying not to see. Um, so I'd like to rewatch and see right. what I think. But well, what I dig about the second scene, since you only watched, watched you, you watched uh when i say half of it i mean half of the screen yes. not half of the scene because you're watching it through your fingers that's correct uh but that it's what i found interesting and i'll choose to think of it as purposeful is that he doesn't seem afraid yeah. he's got the gun on him even when even hawk has the gun on him he doesn't seem afraid as, as if he knows it's like this is a, a bit that denzel is doing but he knows like okay like, whatever it's like maybe there's no bullets in the gun but like i know that this will be okay i'll be fine mm-hmm. and even when denzel gets the gun and points it at him he doesn't until he gets shot he really does not seem scared yeah and i'm choosing that to be less of a like 
that he's just not playing it and that he's purposely like, oh, yeah, like it is, you're going to steal money from me. But that's just business. Right. But you wouldn't actually kill me. Right. Especially if it has been like 10 years that they've had this kind of, you know, relationship. Then, yeah. Denzel playing that long game. Playing the long game and then calling it in when he needs to. And then playing the short game with Ethan Hawke when it's only within one day I've got to go through this entire relationship with you. Yep. But, I mean, he thought that through in advance, you know. Um, Yeah, I think he's really good in this. Like, my – I had a few thoughts of guys that would also, I think, do this really well that are – all kind of swimming yeah. in the same waters. Um, J.K. Simmons was very Ooh, came to mind. I take that. Um, particularly like 2001, J.K. Oh, yeah. Simmons. You know, yeah. um, Chris Cooper. Uh, mm. Different color, but I think also I see that. really good. I see that and as then, disgraced like, cop. Exactly. And then uh, this would be someone who I think at this point would have been. Well, I mean, Chris Cooper at this point had like. Did he win an Oscar for American Beauty? No. Isn't... He won it for Adaptation, which I want to say is 2003. So right. he's very close. Great. But he so, got, I think he got like a, maybe a Golden Globe or a yeah. Screen Actor But it's still like, that's like American how Beauty. I first came to yeah. know uh, Chris Cooper. But like Same. this this last person at this point would probably be too famous for a part like this where he'd feel like it was weighing it mm-hmm. weirdly. But Ed Harris was also someone mm. who I could see really. I, I 100% like, see Who are that. guys I can picture like in this costume just like they yeah. like rule from this chair you know yes they are the yes they rule from the chair that's so good I, yeah i want yeah very tough guy character actors who are probably at least have smoked at least one pack of cigarettes by the time we see them yes um so for me a lance henriksen i oh, really yeah. dig or a ron perlman mm-hmm. uh, are the two that i would believe and that i think would come in and yeah you want them to be a little older because you can kind of see like oh you probably you could see like Denzel early in his career, like being, if not partners with this person, like kind of being mentored yeah. by them, yeah. um, which I want with like a slightly older person. So either of them, I think would be good. Uh, instead, the one person who was Fuqua's first choice, but the studio turned him down was Mickey Rourke, which oh. I think temperamentally, like if this was made today, although I don't think today Mickey Rourke would show up on set, um, but made sure. today, that's like the age. I think in 2001, he's too young, even yeah. though he's still living a rough life by 2001. He's still too, cl- I feel like he's probably in his early forties then. And yeah, I think it's the a wrestler little young. was like, Oh nine. Oh yes. 08, I think it was Oh eight. Yeah. Um, so I saw it in 09, but early on. Yeah. yeah and this so, is when Mickey Rourke was kind of, was unemployable. Right, I remember yes. this around the time of the Stallone remake of the of Get Carter, the Michael Caine movie. Right. And I remember that Mike, Mickey Rourke was just like thank, thankful to Stallone because like that I was eating like, you know, I, I, I couldn't buy a plate of spaghetti in a restaurant because I was completely broke. And Stallone gave me this small role as like a henchman or whatever and Get Carter and that helped pay my mm-hmm. rent for six months. Uh, so no one wanted like and that was like Stallone had to go out on a limb because he was just yeah. unemployable. It was like, you know, he's can't trust the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but temperamentally, I totally get it. For sure. But you want someone you can tr- you can catch, tr- count on and trust to show up. Well, especially when one of your two scenes is an involved sequence with a bunch of people. And like there's times then when he's like in the shot dead. But he's like still that's clearly the actor is still there. You're not going to like bother to Does like he stand up once in this film. I think his entire performance is I him sitting. He's just sitting. <laughs> Which I, I think so. The dream. The dream. But like I, I think like when you have a scene with like five other actors and, yeah. you, and you know, there's like guns and this and that and a lot of like, yeah, you can't maybe not show up to set that day because then they're going to have to re-choreograph the whole thing. You're not going to. Not even that Mickey Rourke was known for not showing up to set, just more being a difficult performer yeah. for 
many, many, many reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's move on to Smiley. So, Amy Jo, your thoughts on Cliff Curtis, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? He's fantastic. Like, all three of these guys also were really cast, uh, the, the three guys, like, playing poker or yes. yeah, five-card draw with Ethan Hawke, all are cast really well they're they're as a unit yeah the other two are i believe uh noel guglielmi as marino and raymond cruz as sniper the other two who raymond cruz is i know very well he uh, played tuco on breaking bad and better call Mm. saul who was like a large Mm -hmm. supporting character um and 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 an incredibly terrifyingly intense character they were he's the one that's bare-chested who is the one that seems the much more wild card like you've got like the leader you've got like kind of the the more not second in command but the more like the beta the heavy of, and yeah. then and then him yeah the bare chested one that's like this guy's the one that i'm most concerned about you're like what is this guy very he's a loose cannon very loose cannon there yeah. you go yeah. that's the expression but they were all really cast well as a unit in addition to giving interesting individual performances like it's that's that's like great ensemble casting, right? As you get people who are very distinct individuals who also know how to play together. Yeah. Um, and I think that's operating really successfully. And I think this actor is fantastic. You're telling me some of the other stuff that he's done. And it's just like, I have not, none of the shows have I watched, you know? Right. I mean, he's on, or was on fear of the walking dead recently, but I mean, Cliff Curtis is like one of those great character actors that just shows, it just pops up in everything. Everything mm-hmm. like whale rider and sunshine. Um, I, I always like, I mean, the, the Meg with Jason Statham and a big giant oh, shark. Oh, the Meg. Denzel versus the Meg. That's all these movies need ver- to be versus Denzel. And then I will want to see that. Actually... I, I love a, a big monster movie, big giant creature movie. Love it. But I want De- like Denzel fighting a giant tarantula. That would be my dream. <laughs> it's so hard to picture that it is hilarious to me um, because like, you know, I'm thinking as far as like big dumb monster movies. I'm thinking Samuel L. Jackson just getting eaten by a shark out of nowhere. You know, like absolutely. See, see, Sam Jackson is like, yeah, I'll do your dumb shark movie. Exactly. And Denzel, Denzel, I feel like he's getting there. Denzel is now to the point is like, I can have some fun. Denzel made him. Denzel, speaking of Mark Wahlberg, Denzel made two guns with Mark Wahlberg. And though they are good, at least his first one, The Equalizer, also directed by Fuqua, he's also like Denzel's have he's letting his hair down. He's having some like, mm-hmm. this is like a dumber action drama film. What's that really bad one with him and Russell Crowe from the 90s that we watched? Oh, Virtuosity. Virtuosity. That's true. In the 90s, but Denzel had some, like, of, and Ricochet with John Lithgow. Yeah. yeah, Denzel in the 90s was making, he like had his acclaimed beginning of his career. And then in the mid, mid like late 90s, he yeah. was like, get me, I want to get paid. You had like the Bone Collector and Virtuosity yeah. where he's fighting a virtual reality Russell Crowe. But Crow. that's still like the character had like a really dark backstory Denzel is, that he's like And Denzel is always bringing it. it. Denzel always brings it in the film. I don't, I can't, I don't, I've certainly have not seen Denzel give a bad performance. not a Never. phoning it Never. in Never. type of dude. In a terrible movie, Denzel simply will not do it. Yeah. He will not give a bad performance. And that's why he's always good, you he's, know? It's, it's why he's one of our best actors. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't have a lot of options for this part. I'm part of what's difficult about something like this, even more so than like the Roger character who at least is like one guy who lives alone, who has like a certain status, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're putting smiley as like one, a part of a trio, you know, that has to like, like I was talking about like function as a group. And also it's just like, like I was trying to think of like some of the Latinx actors I'm more familiar with. And they're like, 
too famous or not right to go into this yeah it is finding it's it's sometimes yeah i mean you can also remove it from time so if it's like oh the movie's made in the early 90s or whenever i was thinking like who is someone who is like terrifying i was like well maybe a much younger danny trejo you know like oh yeah um i you know but i just i didn't i didn't have a lot of the 80s version of training day yeah 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 i just um you know, and and that's on me also to just be like watching more uh, like shows and everything that that feature like uh, Def, a, a Def, I, Latinx I cast, you know. Um, but I was just I was like, that's really interesting. Like, I know some folks from the theater who if this were the play of Training Day, <laughs> Training Day, a Broadway musical. Exactly. <laughs> Training Day. Um, yeah, I mean, I I had a few that I thought of. I think Cliff Curtis is great in this. Uh I always love Clifton Collins Jr. is another great, like very. Yeah, he's is he in that um, the new season of Veronica Mars, right? He is indeed. He is so good in that, especially. Yeah, but. he is always someone that I like popping up. And he's he does like some like like the darker type characters like this is in this dumb movie, Triple Nine with uh, Anthony Mackie and Casey Affleck and Chiwetel Ejiofor and all these actors. Um, but he's which he's very good. And he's mm-hmm. kind of like. It's just like bank robbing gang and the cops chasing them, mm-hmm. yada yada. But he's also, um, he's so funny too. Yes, like, he can be he can be very funny. I've seen him be so light. He's like a romantic interest of Amy Adams in this movie, Sunshine Cleaning, and he's one of the, one half of the Vegan Police in Scott Pilgrim versus of the World. Uh, but he can also be like bring like no, I'm gonna bring the drama and I'm gonna be mm-hmm. I'll be the heavy. Even though he's like a gangly guy, like he doesn't look like someone that you would be intimidated by, but he. It's just a really he's just a really good actor. He's he's, he's got an intensity to him that is yeah. like, oh, I don't want to I don't want to cross this guy. guy. I don't cross this guy. Uh, also, who I've only learned of this actor more recently because he's in these last two seasons of Better Call Saul. Uh, Tony Dalton, who plays Lalo Salamanca, which is if you're watching Better Call Saul, you know, you know, because he's one of the most incredibly charismatic actors that i've seen mm. and every time he's on screen you're just you're like what is this guy gonna do like who is is someone gonna die in this scene because he's so terrifying Whew. but amazingly charismatic um and then i was also uh this uh guillermo diaz uh who i know best from weeds who's also in those first few seasons giving mary louise parker some crap um he's also in half baked and uh i never watched scandal but he apparently played huck in scandal so for those who watched that uh you might know him from there so in terms of the actors who were actually considered, uh, Isai Morales was originally cast, but had to drop out due to scheduling, who, if you're unfamiliar with him, he's been in everything from Ozark to How to Get Away with Murder and La Bamba, and he was Tony Rodriguez for 66 episodes of NYPD Blue, which he joined in 2001. So I'm assuming that, that was a it was conflict. a spl- spl- splashy, but still one scene role in this movie, or you're going to be a regular on NYPD you're Blue get that and make that money. TV money. That's, that's the better move. I think so. And Raymond Cruz, who played Sniper, the bare-chested one, uh, was considered for Smiley first before being cast as Sniper. Totally. Which I think that also makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the other actor as well, like, okay, you're just reading for smiley and depending yes. if we're like well you're great but you're just not right for this we're gonna fill you out as the other members the yes. other people in the room again it's like that's the sort of thing where where it makes sense for 
roles like that, which are parts of a unit to have people read for, unless it's like, there's a tall one and a short one. Like if that's like in the text, then like often you'll have people read for a couple of different yeah. parts to be like, okay, what's the right combination of humans to put into this trio totally. so that we get the, the vibe that we want from the unit. We gotta get the vibe that we want yeah. from the unit. Uh, but Finally, let's move on to Alonzo Harris. Amy Jo, what, what do you think of that Denzel Washington? Do you think he's got a career ahead of him or what? I have written in all caps here, taking up a good third of my page, <laughs> which I have allotted to writing um, other people. Uh, good luck finding someone else to do this. <laughs> I wrote at some point during the watching of this film. Yes, good night and good luck good night. to you, sir. Good afternoon, good evening. I don't. Good luck. It's it is hard. It is hard. I thought of a few, but it's still like you've got Denzel. You've I have got... I have some thoughts, but like overall, it's like no. This is I, I just knew how he manages to make this person who is terrifying still so fun to watch. And I mean, he's riveting. He's I, it's like he plays it so. So like 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 a freight train going forward, but then you know we'll just like uh, bounce off and suddenly be like light as a feather. Like he's it's, playing so many different levels. He's not on oof. one gear the whole movie. He's no. not always like I am just this freight train of energy and charisma. And he will back off when he is just be, as if you're seeing like yeah I'm perfor- I'm performing. Yeah I got to perform for these people because I got to I got otherwise like if they don't fear me and respect me then I'm gonna get killed. So yeah. I can talk now. Now I'm just gonna talk to Ethan Hawke. We're see see I'm just a regular guy. We're just having a conversation. It's a real masterclass in if like you are a young actor learning a bunch of different terms that might be used in acting lingo and being like how would you best describe a tactic and like what does it mean to play different tactics and then what what does it mean to like use an adverb to describe the way in which you're going to go about playing that tactic. It's like, well, watch Denzel in this movie. Cause like the lines on the page are telling you some information about like, okay, so he's backing off a little bit here, but like, how does he do it? Is he soothing? Is he just very matter of fact? Is he like, like there's so much that Denzel is bringing to this. That's just like, it's so mercurial, but it is so focused. The performance is so focused. It's, <laughs> It's tremendous. I see why he won an Oscar. Um, before I, I give any thoughts, who else was was nominated? Okay, so also nominated for the Oscar that year because this was kind of an upset mm. for Denzel. Also nominated was Sean Penn for I Am Sam, mm-hmm. Will Smith for Ali, mm-hmm. Tom Wilkinson for In the Bedroom, mm. and who was expected to win Russell Crowe for A Beautiful Mind because right. Russell Crowe won the Golden Globe the SAG Award, the Critics' Choice Award, and the BAFTA. Denzel did not win, like, many awards for this role except the Oscar. Wow. And I think this is also when we were, A, Russell Crowe had just won for Gladiator. Yes. And unless you're Tom Hanks for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump, uh, it's going to be hard for to, an Oscar, for an actor to win two years in, two a, in row. a row. Yeah. And I think this was around when Russell Crowe threw that phone. And people are like, people were kind of getting man, sick of Russell Crowe at the time. They were I like, oh, okay. Continue to reward your yeah. bad behavior. So um, let's reward a guy we like, Denzel, for playing a guy with, with bad, bad behavior. behavior. <laughs> and let's do that instead. Fascinating. Which apparently, just to dovetail that to that real quick, uh, the NAACP came to the set. And according to Ethan Hawke, this is his storytelling, uh, he said, they said, like, what are you doing? And Denzel, I remember him saying, what? Al Pacino can play a bad guy. Gene Hackman can play a bad guy. I can't play a bad guy. 
I'm an artist. That's how I lead, not by being some dubious role model by only playing squeaky clean people. I'll be a role model by being great at my job. Yeah. Oh, which I get it at the time, you know, because he's coming off of totally. like, remember the Titans. And he was like the actor. He's always like such a I mean, because he won his first Oscar for glory. He's right. always like always the good guy. So this also was a real change. Now you're like, well, duh, of course, Denzel can do anything. But at the time it was like Denzel's playing a villain. Well, it's but we love Denzel. You know, it's like you look at someone like Morgan Freeman, who I love, but like is like often getting asked to play. And it's partially the voice, you know, and like it, but these like. The, the nobility well th- Which, that's that stopped like 15 years ago because now he started leading into like wanted and lucky number 11 and now you see me and now mm-hmm. now he's like okay we can but i think it also was like to a point like you're old enough that now it's okay yes that now you you've you've earned you've done such a career of everything from whatever shawshank redemption and yeah. xyz where, where you can have some fun but i remember it was yeah. shocking at the time i remember like one of the selling points of the movie wanted was to hear Morgan Freeman use the F word <laughs> to, to use. Like, I think they said like to use two of the seven words that George Carlin said, you can't say on TV. It was like, a, <laughs> I remember it was a selling point for some critic to go see wanted. If you want to see that's like, Oh, Morgan Freeman is swearing. It's like, that's, that's the joy, mm-hmm. um, which to see someone who, for so long in movies only do one, not to only do one thing, but to do like, to not get to use uh, so many uh, like uh, colors in their palette that's available to them, you right. know. Like there's some people. Well, I mean, and to, to play the bad guy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of actors where it's like you that you just would never see them like oh they're playing a villain like how exciting. And I think Denzel, it's so exciting well, because you're getting one of our best actors. Incredible because it's also very human. And honestly, like I, I totally get why the NAACP would be like, what are you doing? You're Denzel, you know. But it's, you know, also like, and granted, this is a conversation that many of us are now having much more uh, nowadays. Many activists have been having the conversation about abolishing the police for many, many years. um, But we're now finally at a point where it's a mainstream conversation. But it's like, again, like this movie is a good argument for like why when he has that whole speech about like you have to change it from the inside. It's like he clearly by the end of the movie, you realize he doesn't believe that for a second. Like he's. This guy is gaming the system and it's just like the system maybe made him corrupt, but it's like also a testament to like, well, maybe yes, this you broken. beat a man to death in Vegas and you are doing the, the events of this day to cover your track. Exactly. This, this isn't like, I mean, it'd be one thing if you did not have that as an element in the film that if it was literally just like, no, this is how we do it. Right. It reminded me a lot of the show, The Shield, which although that your lead character is also constantly also doing things for his own good also to like to steal money from like these whatever these criminals that have stolen money is like no we're gonna steal the money from them and now oh now that these bills are marked now these are these are now mm-hmm. the problems that we deal with but it's still like yes but you are still you are also committing criminal activities yes. but just because you're robbing criminals doesn't make you whatever Not, robin yeah. hood exactly well i mean and so it's it's the kind of thing of like as an artist putting your talent towards something that like what as, that's a summer blockbuster that basically is like, hey, a lot of corrupt cops out there. Like, because it's not just him. It's the guys that he pays off, the like wise men, you know, the well, judges Well, stuff. it's October, so it's not a summer blockbuster. Okay, it, it's, sure. it's a Halloween spooky, it's a spooky movie. movie. But like, you, you see what I'm saying? That it's like, if it's, um, that it is, it is uh, in the guise of a like snappy suspense film. 
it also has a point of, of view. Oh, definitely. You know, that is, I think, also like it, watching it now in 2021 is like, oh, oh you know, interesting. Right. Which I, I agree. Think is also just useful. So it's like also by like, I'm going to really play this person and I'm going to do it really, really well. So people are still watching this movie like years later is, is a value. Another thing of value in, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I have some thoughts. I don't, I don't think like why, but Denzel said, no, Denzel was busy doing something else. He was either going back to the stage or he was doing another movie. And he, Amy Joe, he said, no, no training day for me. So this is someone who, I, th- I, I, I don't. He's, I think, won an Oscar, but I don't think he is as good as Denzel. But he has a lot of charisma as well. Christopher Plummer. Chris- <laughs> <laughs> well, I do love Christopher Plummer. I wasn't thinking of him for oh, a oh, long time. Oh, I'm sorry. Zone. I, I don't know why I. Oh uh, I I'm gosh. surprised that that's not who you're thinking of. <laughs> okay, so so who who were right, you that going got to say me that? Good. Well, like my my kind of like who who do you call around this time for a part like this if Denzel isn't available? I'm like I don't know Jamie Fox. Maybe mm. a, a li- he's a little young for yeah. it at this point, maybe. But I was like, I can see but that see like that. being a logical yeah. choice. Made you know? today, I see that. I yeah. do like that there is a little more. A- the you see, you're seeing like the age gap between. It allows him to also play with that. Like, oh, I see myself in you. You know, yeah, you get a lot of that. Really yeah. Well. Um, I also thought, and this would be very different, but I was like, who is someone that is very intense and showboaty that also is a really phenomenal dramatic actor that might do this very well? And that would have been like a Raul Julia. Um, I'd be very interested in seeing Raul Julia play like a corrupt cop because he is someone who, again, early 90s version of this film, not afraid to play size, you know, and, and, and yet like. I can really see him making this really, really good, you know? I really dig that. Um, and then I don't know. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm not even going to say the others because, like, why bother? I just, I just It was Christopher was... Plummer, wasn't it? <laughs> so much like Christopher Plummer down on this. Uh, no, it wasn't. Wait, was it Michael Kine? Well, that makes more sense, you know, does, at least. Does, I'm sorry. Does Michael Caine make more sense than Christopher Plummer to be for this role? Not. 2001 <laughs> Michael Caine 1979 Michael Caine 1982 Michael sure, Caine Sure 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 I yeah I mean it's it's Denzel I was like if which I it's kind of funny to me cuz I Idris Elba is probably the same age as Jamie Foxx or mm, close but yeah. that to me but he feels so much older than Jamie Foxx there's just a certain like It's the voice and the way he voice. carries himself too yeah. he just carries himself as someone who's like more grizzled yeah but that's know? who i was thinking of and this is like before the wire this is before so he would be young too young for yeah. it then it wasn't known then but if this was made today if this movie was never made until today uh and idris elba i think and oh you know what i could if you want to remake the film but set it in london yeah don't make idris elba pretend he's from la no no i mean idris elba has is does a fine american accent but i do think that so much like in the wire but right. so much of his charisma does come from that loofa accent um, it's me loofa uh so I, that's what i would want if you're gonna if, if you were to remake this like that's what i kind of want to see is like just make this uh Atlanta film with uh, idris elba mm-hmm, bossing someone mm-hmm. around um i could see a benicio del toro i think would be really rad uh, once yeah. again like kind of y- young for it then um or if this was made 
not in 2001, but like made in the 80s, I could see like a young Pacino, a younger Pacino, like not in the 90s, but yeah. thinking of like him so good in Serpico, but him then imagine seeing, imagine like him then to transition yeah. into like, well, now you are no longer the idealistic cop that's doing whatever you can to actually uphold the badge, unlike all the corrupt cops around you, to then flip that, I think would have been interesting to see. Because he's a showboat yeah. and actor. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I one of the other people on my list was like a younger De Niro, you know, mm. just before he uh, started well, yeah. doing really whatever. Of course, um, of course, of like, course. That's what I'm saying, the 90s. I'm saying yeah, when these, in the when 90s, these yeah. guys are still, or, or, or the 80s, when they're still like given, because I don't want I don't want the version of this with Keanu Reeves as Jay Coit and Al Pacino as a, I do not. As Alonzo instead of Devil's not. Advocate. Although if we switch it and then we got Denzel as the devil, that would be rad. If Denzel wanted to play the devil, oh. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it would be amazing you know i'm just thinking about i'd follow him to the gates of hell <laughs> yes yes and back again to that's florida what you, that's what I mean. not just yeah not denzel playing like like doing gaslight have denzel play the devil in something yeah well that i'm down for that sounds great like that'd be wonderful thinking uh, i just was thinking about um you know the the last denzel film we did which is inside man i was like oh yeah you talking about um Brit. So I was like, oh, Chiwetel as as the Ethan Hawke role would uh oh, that like that great. dynamic between the two of that'd them. We've yeah, already the two seen of them. They were great in Inside Man. And also they were an American gangster together. Right. They work great together. That's also yeah, good good thinking. Yeah. Good thinking. He'd also Thank be a great you. Jake. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Uh so Denzel has frequently said that this was his favorite character that he's played. You can tell he's having so much fun. He's having such a blast, and I love to see it. As far as the <laughs> other actors who were considered. Samuel Jackson was set to play Alonzo in the version directed by Guggenheim. Ah. Along, so would that would have been Samuel Jackson and Matt Damon. That would have been the film. Interesting. And then when Denzel was offered the role, he had Guggenheim replaced with Fuqua. Yeah, which which works. It really, really well. does, and it yeah. clearly worked well for Denzel and Fuqua because yeah. now they've made Equalizer One, Equalizer Two, and that remake of The Magnificent Seven together. So you're like, well, you clearly hate working together. <laughs> why do you keep torturing each other right. like this um which i you know i i think samuel jackson is great it is sometimes easy to feel that he is kind of the like i, I don't even know the right way to say it but that just like denzel is the more prestige version yeah. of of some of like the similar ish things that they will cross upon that if when denzel if you just put denzel in a role you're like oh well that could be nominated for an oscar and like i mean just look at Sam, yeah. uh, denzel two two oscar wins and like seven nominations six or seven nominations mm -hmm. and i think samuel jackson only for pulp fiction and sam jackson's also someone who's like which good for him he's making that money yeah he's like he'll do the hitman's bodyguard with ryan reynolds and he'll do your deep blue sea he will do your smart shark movie yes he will he will do your jurassic shark movie because <laughs> with rennie harlan he will work with rennie harlan multiple times with that in the long kiss goodnight because samuel jackson he will do snakes on a plane denzel is not doing snakes Denzel's on a plane not going anywhere near any snakes on any planes people <laughs> but what if he did wouldn't it be so i want oh him to gosh, fight you are really into this like denzel and a monster movie idea well i just want it to be if Denzel is going to do a monster movie, it's going to be like Leo and the Revenant. That's the kind of monster movie where it's going to be like uh, unveiling gritty truths. Well, about it won't be like an actual monster. It would be like Denzel having to fight a bear. 
But like that's a re- like I'm an saying. actual animal, like that's him just in the woods fighting a bear. What I'm saying, I get it. But I want. But what if the bear, like I don't know, was exposed to toxic waste, <laughs> and how the bear has grown <laughs> five times? Just, just go with me. Not even three hundred feet tall, but five. A, a bear five times the size of a regular bear. Because Denzel could fight a. Denzel could take care of a bear. He's Denzel, oh but God. a bear five times the size of a normal He's bear. Just a person. Whoa, <laughs> that's the hottest take we've had on this show. He's, Denzel's just a person. He's a magnificent actor. He's not a bear wrangler, as far as I know. Unless he went full Daniel Day and was like, "I'm gonna get a really weird niche hobby going on." I would love it if Danny Day Lewis's niche hobby was cobble and shoes, and Denzel's was bear wrangling. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and now we're getting into the versions of this film where you're like, "There's no way in hell." It's getting Oscar nominations. Uh-huh. Tom Sizemore passed. Speaking of Point Break, of that, uh, of that uh, raiding the house scene, he was like the right. FBI agent uh, who instead was in Black Hawk Down and Pearl Harbor in 2001. Huh. Gary Sinise passed, which I love Gary Sinise, but no, Gary I don't... Sinise should be playing Roger. You know, like yeah. that's that's where you want Gary Sinise in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And finally, Bruce Willis turned it down. Thankfully. And he would later work with Antoine Fuqua on Tears of the Sun, uh, but no, no for this. I say no. But I can so see it, and I can see how boring of a movie that would be. Yes, this that's the movie that perhaps the studio thought they were making. Just a lot of like whisper acting at this point in 2001. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. No, you would kind of get a little more big for that, old. That's good how we do John. it here, Jake. Oh, good job, good job, Jake. Alonzo. <laughs> He's also Plus. probably not going to be named Alonzo. You think if not? Bruce Willis is Bruce playing Willis? the role. I don't think so. No. No, 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 no. Uh, now, there are a few characters we didn't mention, so I want to briefly touch on them. As we said, uh, we have Peter Green. Yes, this, so this quartet of like the cops that come in, you have an uncredited Peter Green. Uh, Nick Chinland, who I know best from Con Air, is the one who better put that bunny back in the box. Ah. Uh, Dr. Dre. And this actor, Jamie Gomez, who I looked up in uh, his biggest. Is he the guy in the suit? Yes, mm-hmm. who he was on Nash Bridges with Don Johnson, seemed to be his big, biggest thing, was a ton of episodes of that. Cool. Uh, and yes, you have Macy Gray. You've got as this wife who's their shown as fake uh oh she was great yes she was i mean also like the power of like makeup and costuming mm-hmm. uh because i did not realize it was macy gray she's got some a great like wig and how they these giant nails also, are she's perfect. like acting so strung out you know and it, it was uh it, it was it was really really well done and and uh contributed strongly to the world building as well as like that's one of the first like homes they go into you know yeah Definitely. Uh, you And you have of playing Denzel's son is this actor Denzel Whitaker, who is indeed was named after Denzel, which is adorable. Denzel's um, son. Yeah, he played Denzel's son. And I love that his last name is Whitaker. And then he played young Forrest Whitaker in Black Panther, which I love that you're like, I was like, wait, this guy's still. A- this, yeah, that's you know, pretty cool. So many like kid actors. Yeah. You're like. And now he's and now he's a veterinarian, just like old Charlie Bucket from Charlie Chalk Factory. But no, he is still acting. I think he was yeah in the the Great Debaters, which Denzel mm-hmm. directed, which is also really cool. Uh, and I love that he's young Forrest Whitaker. So I yeah. love that his namesakes that he's worked with Denzel and with Forrest Whitaker. That's wild. Um, it's so funny to me. Uh, and then 
you had yeah you have the trio of like the wise men of these three guys you had harris yulin as doug and then the other two you got tom berenger which felt a very small role for him very um but you know what yeah good for you just show up and do your day of shooting yeah and you had uh raymond j barry and so for the two of them raymond j barry and tom berenger and noel guglielmi who's the marino in that scene with cliff curtis and uh uh raymond cruz and nick chinland of the team all reprised their roles for the short-lived training day tv series back in 2017 which featured bill paxton as like the older corrupt cop wow leading with idealistic rookie played by justin cornwell who we have seen most recently amy joe as young speaking of young forest whitaker young forest whitaker in jingle jangle wow Yes. He was great. So good in Jingle Jangle. I liked him very much in Jingle yeah. Jangle. I was very sad. I mean, I was glad. I was like, hey, Forrest Whitaker, glad you're here. But I wish you hadn't. Also, that didn't mean that this. We didn't get to see this. Great. Exactly. Justin Cornwell. I know. But that was Bill Paxton like died like right. three. Ep- like I think it was like three ep- after the third episode aired. So like, well, that's yeah, the show. They just, So they just canceled the show. Oh, um, but I didn't realize it was set like in, in the same universe like it's a continuation which is why you have those actors then showing back up which i thought I was interesting but that's not trying to do training day two that's more like cool. it's not but originally the pilot script was going to be older jake hoyt now yeah. a corrupt cop and when ethan hawk was said no they're like okay we'll do something different yeah well that also like i feel like if you're gonna do that and now he is a corrupt cop after we live through the events of that day kind of tarnishes the it's legacy all cyclical oh, gosh. <laughs> um and we have to talk about terry cruz so Terry Crews has talked about this in multiple interviews because he was an extra in this film. This was like his yeah. first like big thing. But he's very featured. Like you're like, that he's is very, Terry very featured. Um, so he said that he had a friend working on the film who told him to just come down to the set. It was like, we got Denzel here. Like this is, you know, we're shooting in the middle, right in the middle of LA. Like you got to come down. And according to Terry Crews, there were all these extras. There were also actual gang members. Oh, wow. And he said that they recognized him from this short-lived show Battle Dome, which IMDb says, this is how like it's, cre- IMDb, if you look up the, like the little blurb is, was like American Gladiators, but different. <laughs> wow. So he was credited as T-Money for the nine episodes that this show lasted in 1999, which it seemed to be like kind of a mix of American Gladiators and football. Seemed to be the like. Okay. So I get, I'm guessing you just have like regulars coming in and like now you're playing football with like our like um, with tea money and blaze and right. diamond and whatnot um so they were all according to terry cruz they were freaking out being like it's tea money and so fuqua saw him and asked him if he wanted to be in the movie and he's like oh yeah duh, duh so he's like take your shirt off and we'll put you on this roof and we'll have you he's the one in the clapping the pigeon scene in the beginning where he says like why are all these pigeons flying around ethan yeah. hawk is like and denzel's like oh it's because i'm coming and you see you see, you only see him from the back this is like midway through the movie you see like this very large muscular man from the back shirtless clap, just clap, clap, clapping as the pigeons fly. Wow. And then Fuqua was like, come back tomorrow. He's like, I- I'll go- I was going to put you around. Um, and then he just had him keep coming back for like a week or two until that, that last scene where it was like, uh, you know what? No, get closer. Why don't you stand here? Just put him. So he's just like, I'm right there with Denzel. Terry Crews, according to him, he said he didn't get paid at least not for that first day, which maybe the first day, but I feel like if you're around this much, I feel like someone's yeah, got to pay you. Yeah. But they use that clip then on the Oscars 
for Denzel. And so his Terry Crews' mom is like, like Terry, you're in the you're at the Oscars. And he's like, well, I'm not at the Oscars. I am technically featured in the Oscars. Um but that's so because your mom's watching the Oscars, like I yeah. see my baby. And Terry Crews was saying, "Is like," and I was like, "Well, it's all downhill from here. It can't get better than that. Aww. I'm in a movie alongside Denzel, and it'll never get better." And Terry Crews seems like a real cool guy, so I'm glad that he it did get better for him. But that what a random way to start your career. So funny! Wow. Yeah. Uh. So final thoughts. Anything we haven't touched on? We Any have other- not talked about Eva Mendes. Um, yes, yes, you're right. I mentioned her very briefly in the synopsis, but yes, yeah. very young, very Eva young Mendez early um, in her career. She's she's great. I will say there's the scene at the end where Ethan Hawk comes busting in and Denzel fully clothed, Eva Mendez fully nude for really no fully reason. Nude. Like fully and nude. for a long time. Like at one point she's like covering herself up, but then it's a bit before she like gets into a nightgown or whatever, and I was like why did we why like i mean i get why but like did we why did we need this like it's not like we saw him like manipulating her or or, you know not not manipulate you know like obviously like they're two consenting adults they can do whatever they want although it also seems like he's got a lot of power and she maybe isn't like oh i can't wait until alonzo it kind of felt like she you kind of got at least i got the feel that she was not fully aware of the extent of his Possibly, deal. but also it's like if she's with him, then she is to some extent protected, you know, like, True. you know, so I, I don't know. Um, but. I will say this because there was a multiple different potential endings for this film. And oh. one of the original endings was going to be that when Ethan Hawke bursts in, he bursts in on Denzel having a threesome with two women. And then Denzel commits suicide in front of Ethan Hawke, realizing like, oh, well, I'm now that I'm not going to get the money in time to the Russians, I'm just going to kill myself in front of you. Mm-hmm. And that would be the ending. So we could have had two completely nude women instead. So I'm just saying, but, I but, don't. But at least in that scenario, Denzel is in theory also like nude for a reason. And not just like. Oh, I'm going to assume I'm, he's fully, still fully clothed. Yeah. He, but it's like he's standing beside the I bed know. counting money. He's like putting money in and she is just completely naked. It is truly bizarre. I'm just like. If they were in the middle of having some kind of sexual it, that's whatever what would be one thing. But yeah. she does just seem to be like just chilling naked. Which like I get if like that's we're trying to like show the blah, blah, blah. But it just seems it's totally gratuitous. But, well, it's just like, we, well, we know we already got the R rating. So why not? We yeah. should have some TNA. So and that's dumb and unnecessary. It felt unnecessary. Unnecessary. Um, yeah. I also wanted to discuss that I really like when um, there there's the like uh, crack the crackheads as they are referred to in the film, um, the addicts who are like attacking the young woman and he's trying to scare the one guy and he takes his two guns, Denzel does, and (laughs) rubs them together like kindling for a fire or as though he's like a gleeful little like rubbing his hands together like and it just made me laugh. It's such a choice. And but then and then he claps the guns together. And then he does that later with stacks of money. That he, that's yeah. his, like his thing. Is just clapping things together yeah. that you are not boom. used to be being clapped together. I was <laughs> like stop saying boom. I am afraid of what will happen. Uh I'll end with this. Uh so in October 2019, it was reported that Warner Brothers was developing a prequel to Training Day. 
This makes more sense. Which follows a young Alonzo Harris in late April 1992, two days before the <gasps> verdict of the Rodney King trial and the L.A. riots, mm-hmm. which I'm That's kind interesting. of interested in. Yes. I mean, you're setting it in a very volatile time with Rodney, Rodney King. King in this they movie. sure do. But that makes me feel like it's not just like, let's cash in on that, but like, let's once again be saying something. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, and now you're. You're doing the young version of Alonzo. Do we just want to get John David Washington? I mean, do we just want to get Denzel's son who looks and sounds like Denzel and is also a very good actor? Also a very fine actor. A very fine actor. I'd be down for that. I, well, after having seen this, I might actually watch now that I've, you know, done the work of getting through this film. Um, that's interesting. That's but that's not a sequel. A prequel makes sense to me. You're right. Well, now it looks like we've. We've gotten, and we're going to get both. Well, thanks, Hollywood. Amy Jo. Jeff. What are you recommending this week? I'm going in a bit of a different direction, and I'm going to recommend something that's been around for a long time, but I don't know that uh, that many people who aren't nerds are familiar with. It is a movie from 1936 called Libeled Lady. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, yes. And it stars... Uh, uh, William Powell and Myrna Loy, who also were famously paired together in all of the Thin Man movies. And uh, then the kind of number two side characters are played by Spencer Tracy and Jean Harlow. And it's just a delightful romp. Um, I'm big fan of Jean Harlow. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with her, other than just like seeing pictures of her as a pinup, she was very funny. Um, you know, libeled lady, platinum blonde uh bombshell like they're all she's just extremely funny and um this is a delight i believe it streams on hbo max you can also rent it on prime or itunes so it is like out there and available to watch i have it on dvd because i have loved it uh, (laughs) a long time in my life um but yeah so i'm recommending the 1936 (laughs) hot off the presses feature film libeled lady amy joe what are you recommending i'm gonna recommend something a little more recent uh i would just going along with it this is oscars month recommending another film up for some oscars uh if you've not seen it yet please do yourself a favor and check out sound of metal from director darius martyr uh it's an amazing film it's riz ahmed as this heavy metal drummer who suddenly starts going deaf and how that completely shakes up his life uh it's a really beautiful film i think it's gonna sweep quite a few technical awards because the the, like the sound design that they Mm. do to like put you in his character's mindset uh is really incredible and riz ahmed also can't believe i didn't think riz ahmed would be a great jake as well oh duh yeah uh so do yourself a favor and check out sound of metal some uh, one of the best performances of last year that riz ahmed is giving uh and it's just a great film and i'm (laughs) Also, I can't believe I just thought of this now, and so I'm working it in. Is how did I think of this before? Denzilla versus Kong. Okay. That's the movie. Now you've that's done the it. title. You've done it. You've cracked it, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else. We've cracked it. Uh, great. So that is what we're recommending this week. Da-da-da. Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at endalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. If you want to see what movie we're doing next week or just care to keep up with our shenanigans, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at endalmoststarring. And they are indeed shenanigans. We try. Yes. Some days we succeed. 
it, it's always shenanigans. Someday they're <laughs> funny, <laughs> entertaining shenanigans <laughs> to someone other than us. <laughs> anyway, that might be you. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Joe Jackson, and thanks for joining us to see who almost starred.